Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. If you're anything like me, your health is very important to you. I know you listen to the show for tips to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Well, I have some great news for you. James Miller Lifeology has partnered with BioOptimizers Nutrition. As an avid nutrition and exercise enthusiast, I thought I knew a lot. But after taking a 12-week health course BioOptimizers offers and implementing their supplements, I noticed a huge difference in my energy and my digestive tract. Since you're a listener of Lifeology Radio, BioOptimizers is offering you the same 12-week course absolutely free. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements to take this free course. Here is a sample of what you'd learn. How to get 70% more energy in 30 seconds or less. The ultimate key to high performance, health, and longevity. How to turn the tide against uncontrollable food cravings. How to select the most powerful supplements for you. How to stay lean and trim without sacrifice. The simplest and fastest way to detoxification and great skin. And much, much more. To get access to this awesome health course, simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements and sign up today. Once again, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to normalize mental health and addiction stigmas. I'll also be interviewing Renee Hodges and her nephew, Bobby. They review Renee's book, Saving Bobby, Heroes and Heroin in One Small Community. This is a real-life memoir of Bobby's uphill battle with opioid addiction and the celebration of his life as his family and community rallied around him to help him find his way. For more information about Renee, please visit ReneeHodgesAuthor.com. You may also purchase this book on Amazon or in the store at JamesMillerLifeology.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Normalizing mental health stigmas. We've all seen those people on TV who are really struggling with a mental health disorder. And we automatically assume that everybody who experiences that same type of disorder or something similar to that are going to respond the same way. And it's very unfortunate when we see those situations because it does unfortunately create a stigma for all people who struggle. Unfortunately, society is not very kind with people who have an ailment that can't be physically seen. We know that if you break an arm, you know that you go to the doctor, they get an x-ray done, they put it in a cast, and then afterwards you may have a little bit of PT you have to do, and that's it. But people who have a mental health disorder, it's chronic. In other words, the majority of them have that for the rest of their life. And sometimes we think those people who have those disorders should just get over it. And the reality is if they could, they would. You think about the stigma that unfortunately society has for many people. Why would they want to live under the guise of having a mental health disorder? We often don't have much compassion for people because it seems like it's an easy fix. You just get over it or don't think about it or just stop. 
those comments or those thoughts are very belittling and very insensitive to people who have tried that, who would love to be able to just simply stop. But unfortunately, addiction or brain chemistry, or just even situations that happen in one's life can really exacerbate one's struggle. And then they may do well for a little bit and all of a sudden that disorder or that episode kicks back in and then their life starts to take a downward spiral. Society often can determine what is considered acceptable and what's not acceptable. Someone who has an addiction automatically is put in a category that's below everybody else. Or someone who has a bipolar disorder, who has severe mania and can't control themselves, all of a sudden they're ostracized. But when it comes to people who are overweight or people who can't really manage their finances and they spend too much money, those types of things are accepted. The reality is we're no different than anybody else. Unfortunately, we create a template for what we think we would do should we be in that same position as someone else. The reality is if you've never had an addiction or a mental health disorder or really struggled in that particular area, you have no idea how you would respond. It's so important for each one of us to find compassion because we don't know what that other person is experiencing. Each one of us create the baseline of what is considered normal or healthy based off of our own past, our own experiences. There are some cultures that don't even believe in mental health disorders. And the people who are struggling are often left behind without any supports and often ostracized. The great thing about living in my particular country is it's more normalized. It doesn't mean that everybody agrees with it, but there is much more treatment for people who are struggling. When you see someone who's struggling, perhaps it's a friend, if they're struggling with depression or anxiety or an addiction or some type of compulsive disorder, what do you do? What do you say to them? Many times people don't say anything at all and they just ignore that person or they don't even normalize that the person's struggling. Many people who are struggling or overwhelmed with some type of disorder want to feel accepted. Remember, if they could stop whatever it is they're experiencing, they would stop it. Who would want to be depressed all the time? Who would want to be addicted all the time? Who would want to have some type of psychotic disorder where they don't know the difference between a delusion and reality? In that respect, we're all the same. We all have our own struggles, whether it's a mental health disorder, or once again, whether it's overeating or struggling with your finances or having an affair with someone. There's so many things that we all do that will never be accepted by society. But often we put ourselves on the, quote, pious side of society and inadvertently look down on those who are struggling. Today is just simply a lesson to help us realize that we're no different. There's so many of you that who are listening who are very compassionate, and that's wonderful. So today I really want us to focus on even being more cautious or more loving and accepting for those people around us who are struggling. Whether we're aware of what they're struggling with or not, a kind word, simply reaching out to someone and checking in on them, or just letting them know that you care can change someone's life. So continue to be compassionate, continue to show love, and be aware that if you inadvertently look down on someone who's struggling, that they need just as much help as you do. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. My guest today is author Renee Hodges, a successful woman who is reducing the stigma of addiction and treatment in her community. She and her nephew Bobby are here today to discuss Renee's powerful new book, Saving Bobby, Heroes and Heroin in One Small Community. This memoir is unique in that it's a success story detailing recovery and assimilating back into society and how a small community rallied to help Bobby. Welcome to my show, Renee and Bobby. Well, 
thank you, James. We're so glad to be here. Thank you for having us. You are very welcome. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Renee, I know that you had just settled into your life as far as motherhood. You were doing all these amazing things, and you wanted to help your nephew with some back pain, and so you invited him to come join you for a couple of weeks. And that was a day that everybody's lives changed, and it launched you into a whole different direction. Uh, yes, it did. And, and it actually wasn't as simple as that, James. Uh-huh. Bobby had been suffering with chronic pain mm. for about six years since he was in college, and he had been prescribed an opioid, OxyContin, by a physician, and uh, I think that was... That became his his drug of choice. He became addicted. Mm-hmm. So easy to do that. Uh, so easy. And and back then, they there really was no talk about how addictive mm-hmm. opioids were. So Bobby, once he graduated, he became he was a full blown opioid addict. By the time he came to me in 2013. He had just been released from yet again another rehab facility. He had struggled for those years to stay substance free once he was released. And so I didn't exactly know his whole history until my brother called and said that Bobby had been released and he was depressed and he didn't think he could go on. He still had back pain. He still had cravings. And naively, I said, well, let's let's get his back looked at. Let's fix that back pain and possibly lessen his need and it would lessen his want for the opioid. And that is how it began. We thought two weeks he would be with us to get diagnosed by a respectable, respected doctor and then we would we would get him a job, he would get an apartment, and he would go live a normal life. Yeah. Well, Bobby, how was that for you in the sense of, so here you are, you just out of rehab, you're, you have this chronic pain, and the thing that is supposed to help you is also the thing that is the addiction or that has that noose around your neck. How was it for you to know that what was supposed to help you was really hindering you? Well, as time went on, my day was focused around, you know, getting, getting that drug, uh, you know, and it wasn't so much that getting high, it was just uh-huh. to relieve the pain, uh, you know, coming over here to, to take a look at, you know, my back issues. Uh, I was, I was happy about it. Uh, you know, I was looking forward to, you know, some alternative things that, uh, you know, we could address, but at the same time, it, you know, it wasn't just my back, you know, as, uh, my aunt Renee was sharing, you know, I, I did struggle with depression. Uh, you know, I was isolating a lot. Uh, so I was, uh, it, it was really new to me. I, I just haven't, uh, wasn't used to engaging, uh, in, in a community setting. So, um, you know, things happen really quickly for me. Uh, you know, I was a little hesitant at first, to, to take some of the suggestions, but, uh, you know, I, I stuck with it. And as time went on, uh, I started to believe in myself and I, I found out that I, I did like myself after all. That's wonderful. That's, that is great. You know, definitely here on the other side of it, uh, on the other side of the addiction. And I'm sure that completely different people from with who I would speak with back then versus who I'm speaking with right now. Um, yes. And that's, that's, that's really amazing. So the whole aspect of the book, Saving Bobby, Heroes and Heroine in One Small Community, tell us more about that book. Well, it's not a book about addiction. Mm-hmm. It is a book about recovery. And 
it's also uh, it, it's done well. The way that it was written, it was uh, I, I pulled up all kinds of old emails and text mm-hmm. and journal entries. And then I did my personal recollections and we put it together in the book to illustrate it chronicles from day one, what someone who has just left recovery and the problems that they have in assimilating back into society. And James, my, my, the, the reason that I would love um, to share that I wrote this book is because We have to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Those that are leaving recovery after 28 days or three months, they, we feel like they should, since they're substance free, they're coming out of a rehab center. They are, should go get a job, go get an apartment, go be normal. We desperately want to believe that our loved one is recovering. Recovered and, and yes, this <laughs> fixed. Mm-hmm. And in actuality, this is a very critical time for those that are coming out and and leaving the safety and the security of their halfway house or their their treatment center. Because it really makes them practice living, or in other words, implementing what they learned in treatment. Um, when, like you said, in a very safe environment or residential setting. You don't have those temptations of, I can just call someone up, or I can do this, or I can do that. You don't have that. And then when you return to, quote unquote, real life, a lot of those thoughts and behaviors and, and compulsions can come back very easily. And so I do agree with you that the, the reintegration for anybody. That is not all. Mm-hmm. Bobby had no money. He had no job. He had no job skills. He had no job training. He had no friends. He had. Uh, he had lost touch with so- society at large because they keep you so confined. No newspaper, sure. no television, uh, because of you know, of course, ads and sexual mm-hmm. alcohol, prescription drugs. So it, it, the whole focus had been on on Bobby. He's so when he comes, they also heavily medicated him with prescription drugs to try to alleviate his back oh, pain. They tried to alleviate his emotional pain. They tried to alleviate his cravings. When Bobby came to me, he was on 13 very high-powered, mood-altering drugs that had been prescribed through these different rehab um, stays. And he, but I say he was the body double for the walking dead. They had actually taken away his capability of having an emotion, he could not connect. That was a very difficult, difficult time because I felt like he was coming out and here we're going to just get him a job and a new start. And in actuality, he, he was so far away from being able to go out on his own. And it was, mm-hmm. this is the, the time where where most recoverers have the most shame and they feel the stigma and they isolate and then they they go back to their drug of choice and and that is a really important part of this book on recovery 
is that it, recovery is just beginning when they leave mm-hmm. the rehab center. Certainly. Bobby, for yourself, when you hear how you were described, how your aunt just described you as a body double for The Walking Dead, and when you reflect on that, how is that for you being who you are today? Uh, I'm able to look back now and and smile, and that's a good thing for me because mm-hmm. you know reflecting back, uh, you know, uh, throughout my time here, uh, you know, one thing we did mention was I, I, I severely lacked any type of coping skills, and I think that goes along with my inability to to not feel, uh, and you know, being able to sit here and and actually. Uh, appreciate what I have accomplished because I, I was never able to do that. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how long it took for me ju- just to smile and, and to wake up mm. and look, you know, look in the mirror and say, you know, I am happy today or I deserve to be happy today. Uh, so, uh, you know, to answer that question, as I, as I sit here and I hear it today, I, I have the shame has been lifted away. Uh, I'm not carrying, you know, I, for a long time, uh, I struggled with, uh, you know, labeling. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm an addict, once an addict, always an addict. Just that stigma following me around. And I, I, I came to a place of negative acceptance. You know, if I'm going to be an addict, you know, I, I'm going to be the best addict I'm sure. going to be. And then when I realized that, you know, there are some people that believe in me. And, uh, you know, they helped me along the way. And, and what happened was I started to believe in myself. And uh, it's a pretty darn good feeling. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it is. Renee, you're connected with an organization called Shatterproof. Tell us more about that. Shatterproof uh, is an organization that was started by um, a gentleman who uh, lost his son uh, to the shame and stigma mm-hmm. of the disease of addiction. And addiction is a brain disease. Uh, he, he, be- he began this to educate and he advocates and it's become a nationwide organization and it is a fabulous website uh, for statistics to reach out for help it's for caregivers it's for somebody struggling with addiction and i i felt compelled to become an ambassador for shatterproof um, because i believe and and their message, which is we must take the shame and stigma out of the disease, much like has been done for breast cancer uh-huh. or, or, or domestic abuse or and, and even recently workplace harassment. I, if, if we can take the shame and stigma out of the disease of addiction, I feel like we can help so many to, to save themselves. Yes. You know, as someone who has been in, my, in the mental health field for over 20 years, I, I've worked with so many different types of individuals. And you're absolutely right. The people who struggle with addiction, there is so much shame. There is, whether society puts a stigma on them or their peer groups put it on them, but that level of low self-esteem of self-worth is so broken. And it's one of the most difficult things. You know, I'm glad to hear that Shatterproof is normalizing this struggle because removing that stigma helps people heal much more quickly, much more effectively. It comes from an intrinsic change as opposed to perhaps not necessarily believing that they have a hope or a future. And it's so wonderful to hear that your book, this memoir, it really helps people recognize that shame and stigma that go along with addiction no longer has to be there in order for someone to fully reach their potential. 
it ha- they have to be appreciated and, and loved for every aspect of their life. I mean, the reality is we all have something in our life that we could be ashamed about. Um, but, you know, society dictates what we should feel shame for and what we should not. But the reality is we are no different. Some people have different struggles, but we all have the same self-worth and same value. Yes. And I feel like we need to be open and honest about about our uh, addiction and especially in families for so long uh, we didn't know that we should talk about addiction and so it was it's been passed down uh, especially in our family there's a gene of addiction and and not knowing that that we have a, a genetic predisposition to addiction uh, has left other generations vulnerable. And, and Bobby is the perfect example. Had we known, sure. we may sure. have been able to talk to him and say, we do have the addiction gene. We, we must be vigilant. And, um, and I think we need to open up. And shame keeps families, not just addicts, because families carry as much shame as, the, as an addict. Yes. And by denying it or ignoring it, it, it doesn't do, do anybody any good, but especially somebody that, that is in recovery. How has, Bobby, how, how has your transformation, and because um, there's been so many people in your family that have helped you, how has it caused your whole family system as a whole, all your, your um, extended family, even your close family, how has it kind of changed everybody? Uh, well, they answer my phone calls when I call now. So that's <laughs> that <is> wonderful. <laughs> that, that, that is a good feeling. Uh, yes. you know, one, of, one of the biggest rewards in my, in my uh, early recovery when I was staying with my Aunt Renee was that my, uh, my sister invited me to her wedding. Oh, wow. And that, that was probably the, the biggest, uh, biggest morale booster mm-hmm. uh, I could have gotten. Uh, of course, you know, there was, there was some stipulation attached to it. And, uh, you know, uh, being able to, to follow through on, you know, rules that the, and expectations, uh, that also gave me, you know, uh, a little pep in my step. Uh, and, you know, uh, and just to add, you know, uh, I'm actually working in the field of addiction now. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I, I did get my master's, uh, you know, once I left my Aunt Renee's house. He graduated uh, the top of his class. <laughs> that's great. That's and awesome. received several awards during his time. Yes. And that was through, yeah, uh, of course, I, I can say that I did that, but it was also with the encouragement, love, and support of my family members as well. Yes. You know, it's so interesting when I, when I hear you say that you were invited to your sister's wedding. That's what an honor because, you know, that's the, one of the most beautiful days of a person's life. And to be able to be invited to that, regardless of your history, but to be able to be included in such a memorable day is probably one of the biggest gifts you could get. But I think it really probably did cause you that self-esteem and self-worth and value to really be bolstered in such a powerful way. Yeah. And, and just to add to that, you know, uh, working on my self-esteem and my, and my self-worth was, uh, you know, being in a community when I was here, uh, staying with my aunt, uh, you know, just the neighborhood community, getting phone calls, of people wanting me uh, to, you know, the, the biggest thing that uh, I love dogs. So I, I, we were, I was getting uh, neighbors that would call me to walk their dog. Mm. And 
and it wasn't, you know, of course I enjoyed walking the dog, but, uh, you know, overall I, I got trust, you know, people, yes. were, people were trusting me, uh, you know, with, with something they cared mm-hmm. about and it, that it just, it felt great. And it had been a long time, a long time, uh, before anyone would ever trust me. Uh, just so and it, I was able to see those, those little things, you know, mowing someone's grass or helping someone wash a car. Uh, you know, uh, I, uh, people trusted me. Or being invited to a baseball game or to have ice cream. Uh, the community really rallied around Bobby. And, and I will say myself, that it was so much encouragement. And my husband, of course. And I, I feel that, that we're all in this together and that community can help lessen the shame and stigma. And community being family as well. Yes. You know, that definitely hearing that, that definitely gives me hope, you know, because we, we read so many things in the, in the world today. And, you know, uh, what's happening in the world is not sometimes the, the best news. But to hear that your community really rallied around um, your family system and everyone to help you, uh, that just really instills hope in me as well that communities, regardless, you know, regardless of what the world looks like today, that people still love and care and honor and want to help. So that's a beautiful, beautiful testament to that. Beautiful, beautiful. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you, uh, to even purchase this book, Saving Bobby, Heroes and Heroin in One Small Community, and to learn more about Shatterproof, Renee, where will they find more information about this? Uh, for Shatterproof, they, uh, you go to shatterproof.org, uh, and you, you'll find everything you need. As far as for Saving Bobby, Heroes and Heroin, it uh, is uh, in national bookstores, online, and of course, support your indies as well. And we, uh, we're we very excited to say that on the very first day, this book sold out. Oh my we, gosh, we went wow. To a second printing on the first day it was released. Congratulations, Renee. That is amazing. Thank you. Wow. Well, I think a story of hope. I yes. think an inspiring and encouraging story is what has been needed. Mm-hmm. And Bobby and I did not realize how powerful his story is because it is a book of recovery and it doesn't start with the addiction and it's not a harrowing. It may be a riveting mem- memoir, but it ultimately Bobby had to choose to save himself and, and he did so through the love and acceptance and the self-esteem that others gave back to him. That's wonderful. That's absolutely beautiful. What I'm going to do as well is I'm going to put this book one more time, Save You Bobby, Heroes and Heroin in One Small Community, and in my storefront at jamesmillerlifeology.com. So if my listeners aren't able to find it any other place, simply go to the store at jamesmillerlifeology.com, and there will be a link there which will direct you directly to Amazon. Renee and Bobby, thank you so much for sharing your story of hope. I really appreciate this, and thank you so much for being a guest with us. James, thank you so much for having us. I enjoyed that time with, uh, uh, with y'all, James. Thank you. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.